Hi guys, welcome to another episode of We Are Never Truly Alone. Today is yet again another special episode and I have my good friend Tammy DiZallo on. Tammy, Tammy, how are you? I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> my first podcast. First podcast. And you know, when I have my episodes of We Are Never Truly Alone, I like to cover all different bases and I really wanted to have you on because you are one of the founding members of a organization called Project PAC. So can you tell us a little bit about what Project PAC represents and what, what is Project PAC? Absolutely. Uh, so Project PAC is a nonprofit that I started um, doing the work back in 2006. Um, PAC stands for Post Assault Comfort Kit. Um, so our PACs are distributed to um, sexual assault survivors across Massachusetts who are in emergency rooms getting evidence collection um, kits done. Um, so it basically started, I was uh, at a meeting in 2006 in my role as a domestic violence coordinator at the DA's office. Um, and it was a sexual assault response team meeting. And one of the nurses that responded to these calls said, oh, I just wish I could give my patients a toothbrush and toothpaste so that they could just clean their mouth out after all that they've been through. And I was like, why can't you do that? And she said, well, we don't have the money for that. And so I left the meeting and called my mom and I was like, we have to do this. So I just started buying toothbrushes and toothpastes. Um, and I gave them to this one particular nurse who responded to a handful of hospitals. The response from patients was um, overwhelming. And she came back and said, what about mouthwash? What about hair elastics? What about, and then it just kept growing. And the items now are about a dozen items that we put in our pack. Um, and then it went from sort of Southeastern Mass hospitals um, to covering the whole state and all the hospitals that the same program responds to. Um, and then after that, we expanded to um, cover the pediatric patients as well. So our packs that are formed um, in an actual pack, like they're all come together, um, those are in emergency rooms um, for patients that respond to the hospital ages 12 and up. They have a pediatric um, program that is ages 11 and under. And most of those collection kits get done at children's advocacy centers across the state. Wow. So, so they wait, just look a little me, different. It, exactly. But so why would someone, because this is something I didn't even think about, right? Yeah. Because when you're going through, when you've been sexually assaulted, there's so many different emotions, so yeah. much trauma that your body, your mind is trying to process, yeah. trying to take yourself out of that victimization mode and turning it into a survivor's mode. Yes. Yes. So when you're going to the hospital to get checked out, like how long do you, like does this, is this something that, you know, you go in and it's a quick thing or like how long does someone usually <clears throat> wait? I'm sure it varies but yeah, so the evidence collection process itself is um, alone like three to four hours. Uh, once you're in the room and the collection process begins, it's quite lengthy. Um, but really, the beforehand can vary. So the Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner Program is an amazing program. It's funded by the by DPH. Um, they only respond to a certain amount of hospitals across the state. Currently, it's in the 30s. Um, 
So we've done a lot of training over the years to try to get EMS and anyone responding to a hospital with a patient to go to these particular sites just because the care is amazing by these SANE nurses. And what happens at a SANE site is if a patient responds to an emergency room and says, I've been assaulted, they would call a SANE nurse in. They come in specifically just for this patient. Um, Their attention is solely on this patient. They've been specifically um, trained around trauma, um, around the kits, around even testifying after the fact. Um, They're just amazing. They loop in the Rape Crisis Center to come in for support. Um, The difference with uh, non-SANE hospitals um, is that you wait in the waiting area like everybody else. You could be waiting hours before you even get into the back. Um, And then once you're in a room, you have a nurse who's just coming off the floor to take care of you, who's reading the step-by-step instructions of the evidence collection. Um, Maybe never done one before, might be nervous, not really sure what to do. Um, We often see in cases like that, the rape crisis is not looped in um, as quickly or at all. So the SANE program is just top-notch for patients um, and for the survivors. And so it's really exciting news that this coming year, it's already starting to unroll, is that the SANE program is expanding. So um, Now, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but no. are you saying SANE? SANE, S-A-N-E, Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner. Okay, that's what I wanted sorry. to clarify. <laughs> no, I thought you were saying SANE, but I wanted yeah. to know, okay, because... This, these packs are, are for people that have been sexually assaulted. Yes. And again, I'll just keep on repeating it for yeah. people that are just tuning into the podcast mm-hmm. and, and so forth. And so... So the way we work with the SANE program is that at these SANE hospitals, they have a, a cart that is locked and it's just theirs. They have a key to it. Um, and they're able to bring it into the exam room when they see a patient. Um, and on one side of the cart is their evidence collection um, kits and our packs are on the other side. So our packs come in male and female versions. Um, we can go through what, what everything is in the pack. Um, but also we have um, underwear, um, male and female, um, because oftentimes it's taken as part of the collection process for evidence. Um, and so with out our underwear they're leaving and with nothing or with paper underwear um so that that is i mean this we're so 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 lucky to be connected to the same program so that our packs are really getting to patients like as soon as they need them and they have them throughout the whole process so these packs are legit comfort packs yeah to help make the process the agonizing process of of being vulnerable and feeling like you are a victim it's there to provide a little bit of comfort yeah, as you're going through it. Yeah, empowerment. We've definitely heard that. I've had, um, over the years, I've had patients um, who have received PACs reach out to me. Um, and I've heard some great feedback from the nurses. And oftentimes, patients say it's literally just that someone thought of them in like one of their darkest moments. That they're going through this and they're like, someone thought ahead of time to get me this. Um, and like the same nurse originally said with the toothbrush, it's 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 taking a little power back by brushing your mouth and getting that that step forward away from the assault. The same with the lotion. Um, it may seem silly, but just a different scent can really just help sort of start those baby steps back into control over your body of something that was taken away. So what would you find in a pack? If you're given a pack, what's 
What's the common things that you would find in a pack? So there's about a dozen items in every pack. Um, obviously, we started with the toothbrush and toothpaste, um, expanded for mouthwash. Um, tissues um, is a huge one. Um, a lot of feedback was, sure, there's tissues at the hospital, but have you ever used one? Um, they're not really all that comforting. So um, we always include a little pack of tooth um, tissues, um, mints or gum, something again with the, with changing the flavor, the you know um like neutralizing like yeah because when you it's I totally new. understand it's a yeah. step away from what happened right yeah. um and you just want to feel clean again yes so along those lines we do um packs of wet wipes um just for that like sort of quick you know area you might want to mm-hmm. um clean up or change the scent um hair elastics what we heard was a big one um combs um deodorants and then we started recently including sports bras. That was something that the nurses heard quite often. Um, and so we started doing that about a year or two ago. Um, and the feedback on that has been great. Wow. Yeah. So it's wow. about a dozen items. Nothing earth shattering. Um, oh, uh, panty liners. That's one of the big one. Um, patients used to always say um, nurses would give them a pad and they were like have you seen these things? It's like <laughs> ridiculous. So um, something as simple as just it's something that was thought of ahead of time for them. And so these aren't just for women though. Yeah, right? they're because sexual assault can happen absolutely. to anybody. Absolutely. Um all so we ages do too. have sort of a male female. The really only difference is the deodorant, really mm-hmm. just the scent um within the pack. Um and people can switch things out. I mean, you know, these are all donated items. Um so someone might look in a pack and and they don't want mints but they want the gum and they Mm -hmm. might trade things out um and we try to make sure that we have varying sizes of underwear in all versions male female um just so that everyone feels like they've been thought of and I think this is such a wonderful idea because I know going through the grieving process Mm -hmm. a lot of times people will make blankets or want Mm -hmm. that comfortability or you know that's one of the reasons why I created my journal is so people could write down their thoughts and their emotions and so forth because it's about providing that comfort to ease someone's pain or or trauma or experience just to make it maybe a little bit better. And just like you said, it's so empowering. Right. It doesn't have to be big. I think that's the the you know, biggest takeaway. Oftentimes I hear from people it was just the thought. You know, these items aren't earth shattering you know no um they can keep them they can toss them when they're done um but it's just the idea that someone thought of them during this difficult time and so when you get together like do you have people that volunteer to come to put the the project packs together what do you do for um like, we do, do you do funding like how say if because i know this is primarily in the state of massachusetts yes Yep. And you're looking to spread it everywhere. So what if people that are out of state, out of Massachusetts, what if they wanted to help? How would they be able to help? So I do have support from people from out of state that that we have an Amazon wish list. That's usually the easiest way that people from a distance can um, support. Um, I also have heard from different people. Um, I get you know, messages on, on social media or through our website via email, um, just saying, you know, I've, I've heard of this, this is wonderful, but I live in a different state. Is this something I can do? And I'm 
always happy to hear that. Yes, I, I can tell you what my experience was and how I connected with different programs. Um, I'm always happy to see that other people are trying to do this work. Um, and occasionally I'll get a message from someone else um, that knows I'm doing this if they've seen something similar in other states. Um, there's a lot of people doing this kind of grassroots work. Um, we are a hundred percent volunteer um, based um, project pack is um, myself and my board of directors um, this is something I just do on the side um, I do work with victims and survivors in my 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 real job <laughs> um, and I'm on some other boards um, so I've always wanted to give back you know mm -hmm. fix gaps solution based so when I heard this this one seemed like an easy one um, but we do all kinds of events so um, in April we always host a big one it's April is sexual assault awareness month um, so we usually host an event here in Bridgewater where I live um, at the senior center and it just opens up to anybody you can bring items if you want you can just come to assemble the packs um the same program usually has a few representatives that come um and thank everybody and say a few words about how meaningful it is to see patients get these um but i talk to parents all the time who have teenagers who are looking to get volunteer hours and the two or three hours that one event in april might not be enough but you can always start your own collection you know a, a kid could type up a, a flyer and do a school-wide one Bridgewater State is where I went to school. They're one of the biggest supporters. Their health center puts up boxes across campus. Um, I get so many donations that way. Uh, we have an event in January for MLK, their day of service at Bridgewater. Um, they got volunteers coming. We're going to go. We're going to try to put together 500 packs um, to help SANE with their launch of their new hospitals. Um, so there's a lot of different ways I think you can help, whether it's just, you know, you can't afford to donate something but you want to show up and just help put stuff together um there's a lot of different ways i talk to people all the time um it's very interesting how people come up with ideas and for those that are listening that may have experienced sexual assault themselves this isn't something that is Embar like you shouldn't be embarrassed about it <sighs> yeah right? the numbers are overwhelming i mean if you really start to do any research on it it touches so many people um I hear that a lot too I hear from people I hear from people that say I'd like to help your organization because years ago I you know I was assaulted and I'm a survivor or um you know recently I found out a family member was was assaulted and I didn't know what to do it's sort of an actionable thing mm -hmm. too I think people like that um and there's a lot of services out there. So if someone's in Massachusetts, I always suggest janedoe.org. Um, Jane Doe is the Mass Coalition of Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault Agencies. You can go to mass. I mean janedoe.org and type in your zip code and it tells you all the local service providers. Wow. So, I mean, it's an easy one to share with people if they're not really sure where to go. There's a lot of amazing nonprofit programs out there that are doing the work. They've got advocates that respond to these hospital calls to support, to sit there with them. They line up, you know, um, counseling afterwards. And there's a lot of great work being done out there. And there's a lot of ways to get involved if you want to help. Wow. Reach so, out, I'll tell you how. Yes, <laughs> yes. So uh, just just to give an idea, how many of these kits do you, on average, probably give out on a year-to-year -year -year basis? We, and again, this is just Massachusetts. Yes, so. yeah. We assemble um, 1,000, 1,500 a year. We mainly support the SANE program, um, really out of logistics. I mean, I, I, I love what they do. Um, 
But there was a time that I thought, those patients are lucky to have the SANE nurses. I really want those support comfort items to get to those patients going to non-SANE sites because they need it just as much. Um, and I tried. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's difficult. Um, it was very hard um, to coordinate. So w- sometimes we give them to the local rape crisis centers um, to have in their car. So if they're responding to a non-SANE site hospital call. So we really try. But it's always been a dream of mine that the SANE program would be at every hospital across the state. And and survivors would be all getting the same care. Right. Um, and it's starting to happen. So it's it's wonderful. And as they grow, we have to grow um, because we want to help all the survivors they're assisting. So that's why we're starting out 2024 with 500 in January because they're going to be expanding these first few months into new hospitals and then more hospitals and more. They have a lot of expansion coming. So we got to keep up with our spreading the word, letting people know we're here, what it is that we're doing, how they can support we're going to need it because it becomes a lifelong thing yeah it doesn't just end there no so the the fact that there are resources to help after the fact yeah so you're providing that comfort with mm-hmm. the pack itself immediately and then yep. the it just the link to the on. services there's yeah. a lot of immediate services you know at the hospital even you know, days, weeks, months, years afterwards, that support is there. And I hear from patient, uh, from people all the time that say, you know, this might have been in, in my rear view and this happened a long time ago, but I love that I can do something to give back, you know, something to help people move forward. So it's it's nice. It's it's not much, you know, it's it's a small item, but to know that it has impact on people is, is huge. Well, it is big. It is big. That's the thing. It's like, even though you may think it's just something small and it's basic, but at the same time, when you're going through that type of experience and you don't know what you're doing and why you're there and yeah. you have all these questions and, and doubts and feeling vulnerable about yourself, every little bit helps. So you're yeah. making a huge difference. You need to know that. As is everyone who supports us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how would people contact you or how would people find out more information? And again, guys, even Good if question. you are not Massachusetts based, there's ways that you can give back and mm-hmm. ways that you can maybe even start something like this in your own neck of the woods. If so. you're outside of Massachusetts and looking for services, resources, pretty much every state has a coalition. So I often talk to in my day job, um, you know, people who are looking to help loved ones um, or looking for help themselves and they're just not in Massachusetts. Most states have a coalition of domestic violence and sexual assault agencies. So sometimes it's just Googling that with your state's name um, and you'll probably find a program that has a resource guide, some way to find local services. So, um, or if you're looking to give back and you want to start something similar to this, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I get that either Facebook, Instagram, feel free to just drop it in the chat um, or just to do the contact me on our website, which is projectpack.org. Um, and I'll get back. I'd love to chat with people about that sort of stuff. And one thing I do want to bring up, because I know you, you brought up sec- being sexually assaulted, but then you always add with domestic violence too. Mm-hmm. So can you be... Um, I link them. Us? Yeah, I link them together. I, what I do for a living is is domestic violence services, um, and I've sort of sorry, been like twenty plus years that I've worked in that field, and and oftentimes people think that they're separate. You know, um, sexual assault is a, a is a form of abuse. It can be used. Um, sexual abuse is a is 
is a form of domestic violence. They can be interconnected. They can be completely separate. Um, but a lot of the resources uh, agencies usually tend to do both. Um, so oftentimes we do say rape crisis center, but oftentimes those nonprofits also have a domestic violence um, piece to them as well. Um, Again, if anyone needs anything. Well, because it can be a partner too. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think sometimes when people think of... It's not oh, stranger rape, danger. Rape, yes, <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah. rape crisis center. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's my husband or that's my wife or that's my yeah. whoever, you know, like yeah. that's my partner. So, yeah. you know. Like you said, it, it, it happens. It, it's There's no... There's no gender, there's no age, there's no socioeconomic, you know, where it's happening and where it's not happening. It's happening everywhere, you know, domestic violence, sexual assault. Um, And oftentimes it's not the scary person jumping out of the bush. Um, There is that component to it, which can be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it, the work that the nonprofits are doing, it's, it's, it's amazing work to feel supported, to know that you're not alone. Um, so there's a lot of those programs have individual counseling, group counseling, simply to have that conversation. I talk to people all the time that are like, how do you know this stuff? And I'm like, well, it's, it, you know, they're like, you're talking about exactly what I'm experiencing. And it's like, yeah. Um, and you'll find a lot of support at these agencies. So, I mean, if, if people have trouble finding resources, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm happy to link people up. Perfect. And that's why I wanted to clarify, because I think some of us just think sexual assault is, like you said, oh, well, this per- I was assaulted mm-hmm. while I was running. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you see these stories on yeah. TV and you think of, you know, or like you, you watch a crime show on TV, a fictional crime show. Yep. So that's kind of where you get that mindset, but it very well could be happening I think an- home. another great uh, misnomer, um, which is great to clear up, is that if you go to the hospital and do get an evidence collection done, that there has to be prosecution, that you have to go to the police, that there has to be prosecution. That doesn't have to be. You can get the kit done. You can make sure that you're medically cleared. You can make sure that it's all collected and then not decide or decide at a later date. I mean, that's something to explore. I mean, I, th- I think that's a really, I think sometimes people are afraid that that first step means that a whole litany of stuff has to happen. Um, and it doesn't. So it's okay to make sure that you're physically okay and that you're safe and that you're medically cleared and that everything is collected on the off chance that that something does that you do want to move forward with it um you have a small window i was just gonna ask like the time duration if you if anybody is interested if you go to mass.gov um and look up sane i think it might be mass.gov sane but um you can search under mass.gov the sane program and they have all of the information in there what hospitals there are sane sites uh, what a adult adolescent program looks like that response versus a pediatric response which is 11 and under they have the window of time where evidence can be collected um all of that information is included in there and it's important just to know it's to have that knowledge to know that it's a really traumatic and scary experience. And to take the first step doesn't mean anything big and bad and scary has to happen down the line if you don't want it to. We just want to make sure people are safe and comforted and okay. Because I know sometimes that's, I'm glad that you brought that up because sometimes when you're in a situation where you're like, oh, I just, I want to erase this. Or sometimes it takes us a a little bit longer than 24 hours to process like, wait, 
I was assaulted. Yeah. That is, or I was raped. Or, yeah, it wasn't okay. You know, and, right? It yeah. wasn't okay. I wasn't okay with this. Yeah, you and know? that's good for and, our friends to know. It's just not you. I mean, it could happen to anyone, but also, if you may not be the the victim or survivor, you may be the support system, and it's so it's good to know that information. You know, to to believe a survivor and to say, okay. I know, or, or I vaguely know, let me look it up. You know, I know that there are resources out there and there's places that I can take you to get the best care and to be treated. Um, and that's sort of what I hope this conversation does for people is that they just look around a little, see what's out there, see what that what services are out there for survivors. You never know when you may need that information. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much well, you for, for joining me. us. And, um, you know, I again... I'm so glad that you were able to clarify everything. I mean, I'd love to talk to you even more about like domestic violence and not just the sexual assault because Mm -hmm. there's so much domestic violence going on Mm -hmm. too. And it's so many different forms. There's what are the the main forms that, or I don't want to say main, but what are some of the forms? Because I feel like some people may struggle with that and they don't even realize Mm -hmm. that they are being abused in any way. Well, I've always heard people say, you mean it's not just physical? (laughs) Um, Verbal, emotional, those are really big ones. Um, Oftentimes those precede the physical piece of it. You know, um, people don't usually start with physical abuse. You know, if the verbal and emotional and the other forms aren't working, sometimes that's where it escalates. Um, Sexual abuse um, is definitely um, a form of abuse, financial abuse, um, isolation. There's a lot of... There's a lot of misnomers. I think once you start going down the path of of looking into that, you know, it's kind of surprising at times. Things that were we think are um, really exciting when you're young and getting into relationships. They want to be with me all the time. They don't want me to be with anybody else. Like they're obsessed with me. Some of these things that is sometimes portrayed in the media as intense love is really sort of unhealthy. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of forms of abuse. Um, it's really not just physical I mean I've talked to so many people over the years that it's never gotten to a physical aspect of it Um, and so they say but I'm still being abused Um, so there's a lot of forums and there's a lot of great information Um, janedoe.org also has um, resources we you can find the programs but also information it's just great to go right to the source and find out like what's out there what's happening Um, again it might not be you it might be friend family someone you really care about and it can be anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing is like, yeah. it's not just listed as, oh, well, this person, uh, you know, obviously he's an abuser because he came from an abusive family mm-hmm. or, you know, it could be anybody. I've heard so many stories as well, certain mm-hmm. friends where it, the stories are almost insane but when you are in a relationship like that, it's like you it's so easy for you to hop on that roller coaster. And you don't even realize it's happening mm-hmm. because you just grow accustomed to it. Well, and I think a lot of people want to believe, especially with abusive people, is that they're not always like that, you know, so they can hold a job. They can be great in public. They can have friendships and be a different way behind closed doors. So people are afraid they won't be believed but also I think a lot of people want to believe that that's the true person and the abuse is for whatever reason they said I was this I got out of hand it was alcohol whatever they want to believe those excuses but the real person is that one I see out in where everyone loves um and so we hold on for a really long time um so I think it's it's a very difficult thing to break 
out of because it's it's not clear cut. You know, I right. used to do police trainings. I used to do trainings in school um, in other jobs in, in this field. Um, and I remember my old boss used to say, nobody picks you up on the first date, rings your doorbell, and then punches you in the face. Like, no one would go on a second date. I mean, there's a lot of really difficult things to tease out. Is this healthy? Was that my reaction? There's a lot of gaslighting. There's a there's a lot. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. It's, I know. But, <laughs> I'm like, wait, how much time do we have here? Exactly, uh-huh. because... That's the thing. I think a lot of people that are in situations, they get enticed by the person that everybody sees Mm -hmm. because that's how they are when you first meet. And then it turns into the longer you're with them, the Mm -hmm. longer or the more clear it becomes that there's certain you're entangled. Yes, you get entangled and you're like, you do. You try Mm -hmm. to think of excuses like, oh, well, yeah, that's because they were drunk Mm -hmm. or that was because they had a really rough day and yeah. I get upset too. And mm-hmm. I think I've heard that yeah. where people are like, well, I have an attitude sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, there's, it just goes back and forth sometimes. And that's why it's great that there's resources out there. I've heard that uh, over and over again from people too, especially when I first started doing this work and I was in the courts doing restraining orders. We had so many forms that people could look at and it was like signs of an abusive behavior and it was all these things. And people used to go, oh my God, it's in black and white. It's not just in my head. Like right. these are things like everybody's like, th- uh, what? People were really shocked yeah. that, that you know, this was classic sort of forms of abuse. Like, oh my God. So sometimes I think like org, like just getting out there and like looking safely um, to see, just to be armed with the information for yourself or for a friend. Um, and I always tell people whether it's a sexual assault survivor or a domestic violence survivor, it's just believing you know, oftentimes, even with right. DV, when you talk about that, so much, so many people that I talked to, by the time they were actually ready to leave, there was nobody there anymore. It was really hard for people to stand by. You know, it seems so clear from the outside. Something was happening. Someone's not great. And from the inside, it's confusing and you're connected and mm-hmm. you're, you know, so by the time you're ready to be like, I'm done, most people are like, gone already, you know? So I just try to t- say to people, if you can just continue to be that source of like, I believe you. I always tell people, talk about the behavior, not the person. You know, mm-hmm. what, that this behavior is not appropriate. You know, because so often people will shut you out if you're bashing the abuser. They're okay with it maybe at the time, but when they start to change, maybe believe what the abuser's saying, you start to, they, they pull away from you because they know, you you know, how you feel about right. the abuser. Right, But right. sometimes focusing on the behavior, you know, that behavior wasn't appropriate. Um, and that's why we're so lucky to have so many great resources. So if you need more than Jane Doe or any of those, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to pass that along too. And I have to say, even when sometimes people come to me for readings, I've had, I've actually had to give your information to a few people um, because it has come out yeah. where they're what they were in a situation yeah. of of feeling like they there was domestic violence going on. Like you said, where, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. So it's yeah. like you. Even in readings, it'll come out because your loved yeah. ones will always care about yeah. you here in the afterlife. They're yeah. always going to come out and, and tell you what you Have need you to back. hear. And so <laughs> a lot of times, um, and that blows my mind when that stuff happens. Yeah. But um, I'm always here. 
You're always there, Tammy. You're always here. I'm always here. So thank you so much for clearing that up. Well, and, thanks for um, having me. I'm happy that you were able to enlighten us about sexual assault and also domestic violence and the things that you are doing actively to help make life a little bit easier as you're going through such a traumatic experience. We so. can all make a difference, right? It doesn't have to be huge. doesn't have to be on the front page. But exactly. We can all make a difference. So again, how can people get in touch with you? Projectpack.org or our social medias, um, Facebook and Instagram, both Project Pack Inc. All right. And if you or anybody you know is struggling, please, please, please check out janedoe.org. Or SafeLink. It's the Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault Hotline. It's 877-785-2020. That's and, the Massachusetts one. And do not be embarrassed. Absolutely. That's, I think a lot of people get so stuck and yeah. because they're afraid. Absolutely. But. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Thanks so much. Until next time.